Moncrief on News Talk. Mairead Lavery joins us once again. Afternoon, Mairead. Good afternoon, Sean. Is Good it afternoon. a? Is is yeah? It's not been a bad week. Is it? A, is it a nice day with you today? Well, it's not as good as it, as it was yesterday. We had beautiful afternoon here yesterday. I was outside for the whole time, and you could nearly hear the earth moving in terms of growth. <laughs> um, it, like the snowdrops are out all over the place. The daffodils are on the way. If you look at a rose bush, it's full of buds. And above all, the birds are absolutely going like crazy. Now, I don't know where they're, what they're like in most places, but by God, they'd wake you up here in the morning now at this stage. And they're singing all day. So spring has really sprung. And, you know, it's the time of the year on a farm when it's really at its most busiest. And it's, it doesn't matter what side of farming you're in, if you're sheep farming or beef farming or dairy farming or tillage farming now is the time it's this is when growth and new birth and new life happens and when things are very busy and you know no more than for any other sector of the community farmers are not immune to covid and there's actually over the last couple of weeks there's been a 30 percent increase in the number of farmers and farm people working on farms who are in receipt of the pup payment so um aiden brennan in the farmer's journal has a great piece on um uh, you know how to keep COVID out and I think you know if if this is the busiest time of the year it's when all this um, calving and lambing and sowing and everything is happening farmers really need to be very very careful just because they're working in the outdoors and you know they don't see people too often um, uh, you know it doesn't mean that they're not a, uh, they're not um, going to catch COVID and what they really need to think about doing is that there's a lot of visitors onto farms at this time of the year. By necessity, you have the vet. I mean, the vet could be calling sometimes twice a day, um, you know, in a, in a really bad situation. But you also have the milk lorry guy who's coming to take the milk out of the, the, out of the tank. And he might be coming once every day or once every two days. You have um, the AI t- technicians coming. You have mechanics coming because something, you know, pipes burst, something isn't working. So there's people coming into the farm. And the advice is to treat everybody as if they have COVID-19. So keep your distance, wear your mask, do as much business as possible as you can over the phone. That'll be the second thing. So if you have the vet come and give them as much information or if you have the mechanic come and inform them before they come that, that, you know, that there may be somebody in the house with COVID or is a close contact so that they can um, get be prepared and you know what to do when they come onto the place. Mm. Put your sanitizer out. Uh, keep your distance. Um, let them people walk by themselves. Don't be hanging over them to see what they're doing. You know, <laughs> let, let them let them work and get on with the job. And what we've discovered is that um, quite a lot of farmers have kind of come to an agreement with neighbours that they look out for each other. And in the case of one of them getting COVID or someone on the farm getting COVID, um, they will they look after that place for them and it'll be a quid pro quo. So, you know, they, those informal groups, that, that might work very well for a lot of people. And the other thing is, Farmers are inclined to, you know, make going down to the co-op a bit of a job every day, every second day or, you know, it's a chat with the neighbours. It's like Mm. what the old creameries used to be. So they're going down for a couple of bags of sheep nuts or calf nuts or there's something they need and or there's a plug or there's some damn thing they need to get. And down they go to the co-op and they spend half the morning talking. Well, now they wouldn't be doing it at this time of the year because there's too much to be done. But um, but limit those visits. Don't be going to the co-op. Um, even if you're by yourself and you have no one to talk to all day, 
you know, limit those visits and limit the time you, you spend there and keep your distance and keep um, keep your mask on and, and make sure sanitizer is available to everybody to coming on to the place. But it's just, you know, farmers are not immune to COVID. They might be working outdoors, but when you've got kind of um, something like nearly over 7,000 farmers and people working in agriculture on the pub payment and up 30% in the space of two weeks, they really that really needs to be, that message really needs to, to be carried through. Well, indeed. Uh, I, the, the organic farming scheme uh, is back again. Yeah, yeah. Um, Minister Pippa Hackett will be delighted with herself. Um, she's got this new scheme up and running. Now, we've been waiting for this scheme for a while. I think the last one was either 2017 or 18. And it was well oversubscribed with a lot more people wanting to become organic than were let into the scheme. And um, so it's expected with this one now that there'll be four or five hundred new new entrants. And, um, you know, that that's we, we have kind of targets to meet um, to get up our average uh, amount of land and farmers that are in organics. And at the moment, we are really low. We've only about one point five percent of land in the country that's farmed organically. And it's the second lowest in the EU. So getting the scheme up and running fair dues to our um the funding is put behind it four to five hundred new farmers um now the applications are going to be open from the first of march so there'll be full details there in that and in the meantime if you're thinking of applying for it take time to consider it because you know changing from commercial farming or traditional farming over to organic farming is a big move and you need to be it can't be just about the money there is a payment of 220 per hectare during the conversion period and a 170 payment per hectare when you achieve the full status but that is hard earned Mm -hmm. and you need to be committed it can't be just well there's better returns out of organic so i'm going to go organic it's not just about doing the job you have to have it in your head that you're an organic farmer, that you believe in these principles, that you get them, you understand them, and you'll walk by them. So it's it's not a simple job just saying, you know, I'll become an organic farmer tomorrow. It it needs a lot of headspace to make sure that you do it and do it well and do it right. Yeah, and are happy yeah. doing it as well. Uh, and you have some uh, stats on vet on vets, uh, uh, which show some interesting changes. Well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, this again, um, piece of news I dug out of the Farmer's Journal. And um, so it's the, the Veterinary Council of Ireland has a register of vets that are um, uh, working here in the country. And one of the nice things about it is that uh, 40% of them are under 40 years of age. Now, in terms of the farming community, like that's fantastic kind of demographic. Um, and, and it shows there's a lot of young people committed to the sector. And the other uh, really interesting thing about this was um, 44% of vets are now women. Now, in, in I'm not exactly ancient, and I remember a time when there's hardly a woman vet to be seen anywhere. And certainly farmers would be looking askance, you know, would they be able to manage a difficult calving or, uh, you know, a, a famous racehorse or something like that. But certainly the women are very strong in it. Forty-four percent of vets are women, and um, and that's 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 good news. Now, what what is I found really interesting about the information here was that um, you know when you think of vets, you think of calving cows and you think of horses, and you don't necessarily think of the little kitten cat or the little canary or the budgie or whatever like that. But it might surprise people to know that just sixteen percent, sixteen percent 
that's 331 vets, work in animal farm animal-centred practices. That's where everything they do is for farm animals. While there's 776 vets work with companion animals. So they're all the companions, the dogs, the pets, the cats, the birdies, all of that sort of stuff. So way more, more than double the number of vets work with companion animals than work with farmyard animals. Yes, indeed. Mairead, thanks, yeah, thanks a million for uh, speaking with us uh, uh, this week. Uh, Mairead Lavery there. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break. After that, family estrangement. Moncrief on News Talk.